again and welcome to another episode of the Born to Fly podcast. Ever wondered how to integrate your faith into your business? Well, wonder no more, my friend, because my guests on this episode will help you discover how that works. I'm talking to Mike Henry Sr. Mike runs Follower of One, a global community for individuals who follow Jesus and want their life to matter. He desires to help every workplace believer intentionally follow Jesus full-time, regardless of their position on an organizational chart. Prior to Follower of One, Mike was Vice President for a nationwide technology service provider. Throughout his career, he worked in a variety of industries and leadership roles in the logistics, financial services, information technology, and telecommunications industries. Mike and his wife Vicky reside in Tulsa, Oklahoma area. They have two adult children, two children-in-law, and three grandchildren. Enjoy this episode. So welcome, Mike, on the Born to Fly podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you because I have done the online mission trip and I can't wait to share about that. But before we start talking about that, um, can you, I, I read your bio so people know a little bit about you, but can you just quickly introduce yourself to the listeners? Certainly. So my name is Mike Henry. I added the senior a while back so that my son could be his own person. And uh, Mike Henry Sr., I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I started Follower of One about five years ago. I had a basically 40-year career. Uh, I graduated from college and started working actually before I graduated from college. And just I've been working all my life. There you go. A very hardworking man, so it seems. (laughs) So, Mike, now after 40 years of working uh, in a different career, you started Follower of One, an online uh, community for, you know, to equip people in the marketplace to integrate their faith. So tell us about how that came to be. Like, why did you start Follower of One? Well, there are several factors, but one of the principal ones, I became a Christ follower at age 30, I was already in the workforce, already had a mortgage and a family and a job. And I was frustrated in my job. And when I was also frustrated in my personal life, I was living what I would call a born in America kind of existence. I I wasn't born again Christian. I didn't follow Jesus, but I thought I was a Christian because I was born in America and I wasn't Jewish and I hadn't killed anybody. And uh, my goal was to be, I felt like if you had to work your way into heaven, if you had to do good things to get to heaven, I wanted to do the absolute minimum. So I wasn't, I wasn't aiming to be the last guy into heaven or the next to last guy into heaven. But my goal was to be about the third to last guy into heaven. My wife was very frustrated with life like that because she was a real believer and she wanted me to go to church. The job that I had was also very frustrating. They wanted me to just do what they said. I couldn't tell my employer no. So I decided I would go check out church for a few months. And if it didn't work, I would tell my wife no. And that fall, they had someone who came to town and taught a workshop on how you could know for a fact that you were going to heaven. And when I learned that, and I learned about salvation being by grace alone through faith alone, I was totally changed. It just blew up my mental model. But the next... Monday, I had to go back to my job that I hated. And so I tell people that all my earliest prayers were get me out of here, God, 
was, you know, just give me another job to do. Um, and I was, I started struggling with how can I live my faith and still do all these things that I can't stand doing to make a living. Mm-hmm. And that's when the struggle began. And 34 years later is when Follower of One came about, a little less than that, about 30 years later is when Follower of One came about. And it came out of a series of things that happened throughout my career. Uh, But I just decided that I wanted a community of people around me that were passionate about trying to integrate their faith at work. And even most of the people that I go to church with, we have all of Jesus we really want. If we want more of him, we know we can study harder or follow him more, and we get more of him. And so how can I find people who wanted to grow the integration of their faith in their work. Mm -hmm. And the internet came in pretty handy for that. It's easier to find people online because we're so dispersed than it is to find them all. They don't all sit in the same corner at my church. Yeah. So that's kind of how follower one got started. And I mean, you uh, very early on in the beginning of your career, you didn't really like your job. Like, did that improve right. later on after you found out that our salvation is by grace, not by our works? Well, so we had uh, we had some missionaries that spoke not long after I became a believer, and they talked about how they were called into the mission field. And I always use air quotes. And and I don't want to make light of this because people are called into the mission field, and they sell their property and they move to these foreign nations, and they do tremendous things to follow. Jesus. And so I started asking God, okay, God, what do I have to do to be called? People would use the term full-time ministry. And I just kept, I would ask him, did you, did you save me to make me a part-timer? Am I supposed to ride the bench and just go in on special plays? Or what's the, what's the deal here? How do I become a full-time Christian? How do I become a full-time minister. And the only answers that I got throughout my career, the only answers I got was, okay, Mike, you're a minister. Now get back to work. Uh, One of the other ones that I remember thinking was, I don't know why you think I saved you, but I didn't save you to take you out of there. I saved you because you were in there. Your job is to go in there and be a Christian. It's not to, it's not to get me to bail you out. And uh, when I started seeing even jobs that I didn't like and people that I didn't seem to mesh with very well as people that I was supposed to be working to serve so that they might see Jesus, it gave me new energy for jobs, jobs that didn't fit and jobs that did fit. It gave me new purpose and it, and it was just enlightening and it, was, it, brought, me, it brought life to what I was doing, I can't uh, imagine. even if I didn't like it. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And <laughs> I find it kind of funny that you were like crying out to God, make me a minister, like send me somewhere, right? And, and yeah. then God told you, well, you are, you know, you are exactly <laughs> where you need to be. You are a minister. Now go do the work. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the more I learn about him, we all are. You know, we, I talk to people regularly who say, oh, you know, we need more missionaries in the States or in the West. And I'm saying, no, we got plenty of them. We just need the ones that are here to get to work. We've been we've been perfectly deployed. God put all of us where he wants us. Yeah, I think it has to do with how we look at the word minister. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean exactly? We all have this idea, you know, these are people who go out in, into a foreign country and then preach the gospel. That's what we think, right? Mm-hmm. But then based on also like the mission trip that I did with Follower of One, I saw that, no, that's not what Jesus says a minister is. 
Like we can, yeah. we're all ministers, right exactly in the place that we are right now. And I thought, I thought that was very interesting. And that's why I feel a lot of Christian entrepreneurs as well don't, they don't know that. And so they don't know how to integrate their faith into their business. But actually, you know, it's you, you are the person and um, you just need to be aware of that, I think. Yes. In fact, um, I read a book one time and the book's titled About My Father's Business by a man named Reggie Campbell. And he talked about how he tried to classify every person that he knew. He gave them a, a letter, A, B, C, D, E. And he considered those steps towards growing in your faith. So A was the equivalent of being agnostic. B was beginning. C was confessing. D, developing. And E, excelling. And he made this point that people can't jump from an A to a C or a D. You have to go from A to B and B to C. And I developed this kind of mental model that my job was just to help everyone that I meet move one notch closer to Jesus. And that became my working definition for the word ministry, because ministry is nothing but service. And so we serve the people that we work with. We serve the people that we produce products for, even if we're in business or we're salespeople, we're serving the people that we sell to if we're doing it on behalf of Jesus. The, the manipulative me taking something from you to make a sale isn't something that I believe is very biblical. But if I can look for the way God wants me to interact with the people that I interact with every day, I can help everyone I meet move a little closer to Jesus. They can be believers. They can be non-believers. Yeah, exactly. And with that working definition for ministry, I became a full-time minister. Yeah. And so everybody who's listening and thinking about, well, should I start a ministry or should I start a business? Well, it's both. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have to distinguish the two. <laughs> exactly. We've all started a ministry by following Jesus. Yeah. And uh, and so I and that I, it freed me up to be a full-time minister. At whatever job I'm doing, I remember praying for people that um, I was doing performance reviews for. And, you know, how can I deliver this message in such a way that it's constructive in their career? I've prayed for people that I had to let go and people that I um, and people that fired me. I was fired twice and laid off 30 times. I had a really strange, interesting career that I believe was all this training for what I'm doing right now, which is, yes, you can be a minister in whatever you're doing. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about follower of one. Sure. Being a minister in your daily life. And so follower of one, like I have done the online mission trip. So we're definitely going to talk about that. But what else does follower of one do besides the online mission trip? Certainly. We're, well, we're an online community and the mission trip, mission trips actually are the result of a story, another story where a pastor and I were talking one day. I'm a typical business person asking my pastor, how can I help you? And he says, well, we have this mission trip coming up and we really need people to go on that mission trip because when people go on a mission trip, that's when they get it. And I said, well, I feel like I get it. And I drive 30 miles a day to work. How is that not a mission trip? And we, you know, we didn't connect really tightly that day. And I told people that story for a long time, but we started challenging people to go to their own job, like they're going on an overseas mission trip. And uh, our goal with Follower of One, though, is to be the online community of marketplace missionaries. The mission trip 
does exactly what my pastor said it did. It helps us get it. It helps us connect the dots. We actually practice for two weeks living our faith every day. And the goal is a response. The goal is coming out of there going, oh, I can do that. Because once we realize we can do that, we don't have to go someplace else to be a minister. Now, oh, I can do that. I can decide again tomorrow to pray for my coworkers and to look for ways to appreciate people. And I'm on mission. Uh, so online community is what we are. The mission trip is one of the things that we do. We intend to have more challenges and cohorts and different types of activities to help us all remember that we are, we're there for a purpose. And that purpose isn't necessarily to make money. That purpose is necessarily to glorify God. Mm -hmm. And then the making of money and all those other things. That's what's so cool about this. People hire us or people pay us who don't have anything to do with Jesus. And our ministry is fully funded when we're employed. And <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have to raise support. I know. So. I love that. But it also uh, reminds me of in one of the, the lessons of, or like, you know, there were like daily devotionals mm -hmm. in the yeah. online mission trip. You also mentioned like, yeah, no, you should not evangelize during your boss's time. Like that's not right. what you're paid to do, but you are to live out an attitude of a Christian. Right. So right. I, I just want to make that <laughs> clear to exactly. people that are listening. Like, yeah. Yes. We, in fact, the five daily activities that we talk about, Four of them don't require any speaking, prayer, appreciating others, know what you believe, and serving others. And then when someone asks, we speak for ourselves. We tell the story about our own faith walk, and we do it as briefly as we can. And if they want to know more, then let's take it offline. Let's, let's get off of our employer's time clock. Let's get to where we're not offending or creating problems for anyone else and use our own personal time to, to invest in others. Yeah, exactly. So the online mission trip, I thought it was very interesting. So it's a, it's a mission trip. I love, you know, we can say we're on a trip <laughs> um, <laughs> it, uh, for, for two weeks. And so the first week is preparation and the second week is actually, you know, doing, doing the thing. Yeah. Um, and what stood out for me is one of, well, one of the things that stood out for me is the question, why do you believe and how to answer that? Because I asked this question as well to a WhatsApp group of people in my church. And uh -huh. it's so funny because we, we answered this question and it's filled with like beautiful spiritual words and things like that. But if, if I'm going to answer this question like that to a person who doesn't know Jesus, they will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, exactly. it doesn't make sense. So that to me was an eye opener that you just speak differently to people um, mm -hmm. without, you know, their foundation in Christ than to people who have. And it sounds very logical when I say this out loud, but it is actually not as logical as I think. So that exactly. helps me really to, to, yeah, to be grounded and to, to, Think about that question. Like, why do you believe listeners like write it down for yourself, mm -hmm. write down your answer or do the, the mission trip for that matter. But exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, some of this came out of so I in part of my struggle over all those years, I did a survey of about 500 people online in this was in 2015. And one of the first questions was, were you a Christian? Did you consider yourself a Christian? And then for Christ followers, I asked if they'd ever had an encounter 
about their faith in the workplace? Have they ever shared about their faith in the workplace? And for non-Christians, I'd ask them if they'd ever been on the receiving end of an encounter like that. And I would ask believers a few more questions about how it went and how they thought they did. And it wasn't a very scientific survey. The questions were just me doing survey monkey stuff. But the thing that I noticed out of 400 responses was we really don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. We, we really think, and this was something that was common to me. So I want to speak about my own understanding. Up until that time, I felt like I could pray for people that I work with, which came from another story earlier in my career. But if people didn't grab me by the shirt collar and ask me how to go to heaven, there was really nothing for me to do but stay out of trouble until next Sunday. And it used to drive me crazy that I would, that God would save me, would transform my whole life. But 75% of it, I was just to stay out of trouble. No, don't cause any problems until you can get back over here with all the Christians. And that just fried my mind. Yeah. So, and then, so what can we do? Like, because you, you did some research and eventually you started follower one. So, you know, like, what can we do? We're not ought to walk around with a sticker on our forehead saying, you know, I'm a Christian. Talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we, we talk about five daily activities. The first one is pray. And we talk about three specific prayers in there. The first one being here I am. I joke a little bit about this, but my first, one of my first jobs in college I was, I worked by the hour. I was paid by the hour. And so I had to punch a time clock. And I talk about using the prayer, here I am, God, to clock me in, to put me on Jesus's clock. What do you want me to do today? And once we do that, I believe really everything else that happens is is some degree God's problem. If I'm listening to him and he gives me an assignment, and then it's my choice to do it, but I want to be listening. The second, the, the other two prayers are gratitude. I want to be grateful for everything that happens to me because that makes us instantly look different than the people around us. I do a really bad job of that, but that's something I continue to work on. And then the third prayer is to pray that God would bless the people around me because in, in essence, our ministry is to help everyone we know become eternally successful. So temporal success is on that path. And so I can help them be as successful as possible. And I'm looking constantly to be, help them be successful, both in their present job, in their career, in their personal life, but also in eternal life. The second daily activity is appreciating people. And I actually came up with it last. But uh, that's from 1 Corinthians 13. If we do all these things, but we don't have love, we're nothing. And so I made it the second of the daily activities, because if I'm not praying for and appreciating people, the rest of this is just going through the motions Um, and finding ways to help people feel appreciated in a work environment is a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I use the word appreciate specifically because love is what it is, but it becomes contextually crazy in different languages and different ways that we say things. And so I want people to feel like I appreciate them. Uh, The third daily activity is the one I think we practice the least, and that's knowing what we believe, being able to answer the question, why are you doing this? Because that's what will happen. When we start praying for people and God gives us opportunities to do things for them, we will start getting outside of our job description. And when we get outside of our job description, everybody's instant question is, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Are you doing this to get ahead? Or are you doing this for some reason I don't understand? Would you explain it to me? And so we coach people on how to answer in one or two sentences 
that Jesus was the motivation behind what we're doing so that we introduce him into the dialogue. And the fourth daily activity is serve others, because the minute we start praying for people, that's exactly what Jesus does. He starts showing us ways to serve them. And then the final daily activity we call speak for yourself. When we answer those questions, we want to use I and me statements so that we're not telling other people what they have to do. We're just telling people about the choices that we made. So those are our five daily activities. I wanted the bar to be very low. I had to believe that if we were all where we're supposed to be and God has a job for us to do today, it shouldn't be something that most of us can't do. I shouldn't have to go to seminary to do it or any of these other things. I need to be able to find what can I do today and let's concentrate on that. Yes, and it makes all the difference if you are so aware of that. If you start with prayer and you start with appreciating other, those two are like life-changing um, when you're when you also when you're in business like if you like me you don't have to go to an office but you speak to different people throughout the day yeah. and it doesn't even have to be business related it could be someone you know who checks you out at the supermarket um, exactly. it could be yeah it could be anyone right it mm -hmm. could be the neighbor that you just speak to and to me that really helped like for me it was being very intentional with every contact that I make and knowing this is a person loved by God. How exactly. can I serve this person best? Um, or even you look at your calendar in the morning, you see, okay, these are the people I'm going to talk to today. Pray for them. Mm -hmm. Like ask God if there's something you can pray for for them. And then if you can, you know, say something to them when you speak to them that day. And that to me was, yeah, it was really helpful in oh, becoming thanks. more like a minister in, in what I do every single day. Yeah, I have to believe that most of the people that worked with me wish I'd have thought of some of these things 30 years ago, because I wasn't such a very good employee when it came to these types of things. But it is something that I still want to do better. I want to, it's all came out of the idea that I just don't think we're very visible Monday through Saturday. No. And this is a way for us to live differently and to demonstrate life following Jesus. So yeah. that's, that's our goal. Yeah. So, and at the end, we'll definitely mention where people can sign up for the next uh, mission trip, Certainly. but I will definitely encourage people to sign up because I think it's, it's worth it. Thank you. Um, so, and then, so you started a follower of one, which is your own entrepreneurial endeavor, I'd say uh, it's becoming more and more of a business. And so you're an entrepreneur yourself as well. Yes. And since this podcast is for entrepreneurs, we're also very curious uh, to hear about your story. Like what kind of struggles you encountered while setting up a follower of one well, and like what kind of like a big mistake that you're like, okay, this is what I did and should not have done that. And you can definitely learn from this <laughs> because I've done it already for you. So don't do it. Um, yeah, please share about that. Oh, yeah. So uh, we started this uh, in late 2017 is actually when we got our 501c3. And about three weeks after we got the approval for our tax exempt status, uh, the company that I worked for, I was a vice president of a technology company, the music stopped and there was no chair for me. And um and so I started doing some consulting and started working on this. Probably the biggest challenge for me from the very beginning has been trying to find someone else to tell me what to do or to find some best practice or to find someone to copy. When, when God has us, if, you've, if you're aware of some other follower of one type of organization, please let me know. 
But he has us so fully out where everybody else is looking at us like we've lost our minds. And so I had to just start realizing that we, we screw up every day. Um, I, I just, I, I've always known that I want my screw ups to be in gear, that I don't want to screw up not moving. And, and then if I can get the first one over early in the day, it makes life a lot easier. So I'm not as choked up. And uh, I guess the biggest mistakes I have made and I continue to make is not defining jobs well. And it becomes very difficult for people to meet expectations. And um, since we're learning many of the jobs that we need by trial and error, it's, it's hard because I feel like, you know, you have three employees and all three of them turn out bad. It's probably not your hiring even. It's probably you. And so I want to know what I need to be doing differently, right? Because all those people aren't bad. They just are having trouble meeting expectations when expectations are all moving around and everything's kind of being created in my brain or whatever's going on. And so, um, you know, if former employees of follower of one are listening to this, I don't hold this against anyone. We're figuring it out. Uh, we're just trying to do the best we can. And if that fits someone's gifting, great. Let's go try it some more and let's go mess up again tomorrow. I'm, I'm learning that, it, that I go to bed every night knowing that there's stuff that's broken and I couldn't, nothing I could have done today would fix it. God has a time for all of this and it, I'm trusting that. It makes me think of uh, one of the like earlier episodes of Born to Fly podcast with Jordan Rayner and his, one of his biggest advice was like hire well fire well I think something like that um but then it, you know if you want to hire well you should indeed know okay who do I want to hire who is this person what is this person going to do is there like a job description and I feel definitely if you're uh, a solopreneur and you want help from others you hire a freelancer yeah if you want a job to be done very well you need to be very clear in what you expect the other person to do and what the outcome should be right mm -hmm. so and that doesn't only apply to hiring people it, it applies to everything we do yes. the very basis of your vision knowing what you're doing it for knowing where you want to go some goals i think is are very important to setting up a business and will help you to get through those struggles that you were mentioning yes well we spent we i would tell you that we just finished like a four-year research and development period when we finally figured out how to get the mission trips that we do inside of our online community. And so prior to that, there was a lot of trial and error. And even now, as we try and mobilize community members and, and help people remain engaged with their faith, not necessarily engage with the online community, just engage with their faith on a daily basis, that, you know, how we measure that and what actions we take to make those things happen, they're still nebulous and they're being tried and guessed at and those kinds of things. And so it's, it's challenging for the people trying it. And it's challenging for me as well, because um, we're guessing goals and we're guessing activities and we're guessing results and everything's some degree in flux. Yeah, well, it's about exploration and what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. We have a fear of failing a fear of you know experimenting but we should not because how else are you going to find out if something exactly. works or not and i think this is a perfect example that you know now that i joined it didn't feel like you were <laughs> trying for four years and see whatever works or not it seemed as if things were very well, smooth <laughs> right. 
and nice. so it works off or sorry it pays off you know yeah. the work pays off so um i just want people to feel encouraged to just try out things yeah keep going yeah and see if they work or not and it's not bad if they don't work it's just another thing you can yeah. just cross off your list and and look for new ways no, i think that's a great point it's an input right oh that doesn't work or that didn't work under these circumstances um no, I agree. It's, it's exciting. The challenges are exciting to me. Uh, it's also cool to look, I'm, I credit two of uh, two recent books by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. The first one is who not how uh, and it's about getting people instead of working on project processes, finding the right people who not how and the second book was the gap versus the game. And in the gap versus the gain, he encourages us to focus on the rear view, to look at the gain that we've made to date, not focus on the gap that never goes away. There's always, there's always another hill to climb. There's always another uh, lion to wrestle or something, but to look back and to take, to take, um, take, assess what God has done in our lives. Neither one of those books is written from a Christian perspective. Uh, but when I apply what I know about the Lord to those things, I want to find the right people. It's about people involved. It's all about people in the online community. But also, I want to focus on what God has already done. I see the, the things that have happened the frustrations that I had 34 years ago in my job and how they contribute to what I'm doing today. Uh, I can't, I can't complain after that. I mean, I've managed to, but I can't, I can't logically complain after that. No, but that's an interesting point. Look at what you've already accomplished. Look what you've done by the grace of God. And that comes back to what you were saying about the, the prayer of gratitude as well. And I think it's even scientifically proven that if you every day, list three items or three mm -hmm. things that you are grateful yeah. for you feel more happy you feel more satisfied more content because you're just acknowledging what you already have and yes. and i think that's a very good practice to do and also yeah applying that to business not just your personal life but business as well look at if you just started out a year ago look at what you've done you probably exactly you know have a a website by now maybe a couple of reviews that's you know that's the start right yes yes and every and everything counts it exactly. all matters. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what also is fun to me. When I think it's all dependent upon me, then I leave God out of the equation. But if I can spend the day with him, even if it ends up being what is a mess by my own goals and objectives, it's not. It's It can't possibly be. It has to be part of the plan. There are certain things that I know I have to learn before the next things will happen. And so... I can keep trying to hurry God or I can spend my energy just trying to execute his plan. Yeah, I love that. Well, Mike, this is wonderful. We're uh, close to the end of our, uh, our conversation. I just want to give you the opportunity to share where people can find more about Follower of One or where they can contact you. Certainly. So I'm Mike at followerofone.org. And our website is followerofone.org. And you can actually join our online community by going to community.followerofone.org. And it's in the community where we do the marketplace mission trips. And so there's always another marketplace mission trip on the horizon. We do six a year. The new marketplace mission trip tool that we have will also allow you after you've done one, if you want to do your own version of the mission trip on your own schedule with your own friends. 
you can do that either as a church or a ministry or just even as a small group. And so that's all that happens inside community.followerof1.org. Yeah, and you can sign up for the mission trip multiple times. You can yes. do it a couple of times because you can go deeper every single time. That's what I've seen. And there are group calls as well. <laughs> People <laughs> can correct. join. Um, just wanted to point that out because <laughs> I kind of miss those. <laughs> well, and we're all learning, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so the format of the mission trip is we have daily devotionals for two weeks. The Sunday before, the Sunday in the middle, and the Sunday after, there are Zoom calls in the afternoons. And then the second week, which we call Action Week, is like the week that you're on the field. And each night that week, there's one or two different times that you can check in on a Zoom call to tell people what happened today or listen to what other people experienced and share prayer requests and things like that. They're just short, they're short Zoom calls, but they're, we built some great relationships and I met, I met, have some new friends through those things that I've never really met in person, but I've met on all these Zoom calls, so. It's yeah. really cool. We've we've done uh, 23, I think, mission trips. 517 people have done it so far. And the feedback that we're getting, about 80% of the people who give us feedback say that they want to keep it going. Yeah. So, so uh, that's great encouragement for people who are listening. So head to the websites. I will link them in the description as well in the show notes. And uh, then I want to thank you so much, Mike, for your time. Uh, oh, thank for, you. Yeah, and sharing everything about your journey, about what God has done in your life. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Born to Fly podcast. If you liked it, please leave a review on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more about Born to Fly, go to borntofly.faith. There you can discover our How to Find Your Calling course and a community for like-minded entrepreneurs. Looking forward to having you back next time.